Alright, good evening everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, as always, we like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. This is August 6th, 2020 and week 79. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm, a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, thank you for always tuning in week in and week out. We have another great topic for you guys. As you can see from the title, we'll be talking about salvation, being saved. Are you really saved? Now, uh, people take offense when you try to tell them what God says about salvation. They will they will turn their nose up. They will say, I'm already saved. What are you talking to me for? But we're going to take a deep dive and see what God says about salvation. As I've mentioned, and I'm sure Tony has mentioned plenty of times, there is a church just about on every corner. There's another church and they're all saying something different. But they're all saying that God told me this. This is how you get saved. So somebody has got to be wrong. The scripture says there's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. So which faith is correct? What is the correct way to be saved? How do I know that I am saved without a shadow of a doubt? So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Hopefully it, hopefully you get something out of the message and you learn something. Take some notes, jot the scriptures down so that you can go back and look at them later. And we hope you guys enjoy the message. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks so we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. Thank you, Melvin. As always, we like to start by saying a prayer. Um, so if you guys are at a good place where you can bow your heads, we encourage you to do so with us. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne, Lord, with our eyes bowed, excuse me, with our eyes closed and our heads bowed. Lord, we're coming before your throne just asking for your love, your compassion, uh, your grace, your mercy, your truth, your forgiveness for all the things, Lord, that we need. Lord, we come before you in a state of uh, thankfulness. We're grateful for the things that you continually do for us, Lord. We don't deserve them. We know we don't deserve them. But, Lord, you continually bless us. You continue to pour down all the things that we need in this life, Lord. You continue to give us the air to breathe. Lord, help us not to take anything you do for us for granted. Because, Lord, sometimes we get used to it. And so we expect it. And then we tend to not even appreciate it as much as we should. So, Lord, we, we thank you first and foremost. And, Lord, we're praying for everyone who will come into contact with this program, everyone who will come into contact with this Bible study, that, Lord, you would bless us all, that you would continue to open our eyes, ears, and understanding, that you would help us to continue growing stronger in your will, Lord. We're praying that we're praying to you, Lord, because we know you're a mighty God. We know that you can do all things. There is no failure in you. Lord, we're praying that no matter what happens in our daily lives and our daily struggles, we're praying that you will continue to remind us that there is joy in the midst of every storm. Lord, help us to believe that. Help us not to just say it. Help us to truly believe it. So, Lord, we're praying these many blessings in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Melvin already mentioned, uh, and we like to welcome you to join the midst of the storm, uh, as Melvin already said. And tonight we're talking about, are you really saved? 
and there's a lot that goes into that that question but we're talking about the beginning of salvation now of course there salvation is a process it's a journey uh it's never completed until we actually leave this earth we get that we know there's not one magical thing you do and then you're automatically signed into heaven we get that but how do you start the process is really what we're trying to find out so uh, we're going to be looking in the book of acts the 11th chapter to start things off um and as i thought about this i thought about exactly what melvin brought up how often you try to help people around you because god god puts a love for you a love in you that people will never understand he puts the love in you to desire people to know the truth whether it hurts them or not for people to make the right decision and so often when you ask people about their salvation their hearts are hardened they get upset with you man i'm good what you bothering me about this for it, it's not about that it's about following what's right it's about knowing what's right and if we were to take the time to check out our own salvation that that's my goal is to check out everything i believe in to make sure that is right and then after i make sure i want to make sure that i made sure and then I want to make sure that I made sure that I made sure because this is serious. I mean, we're talking about eternity. I was talking to um, a guy and we were talking about vacation. But I let the man know you're on vacation right now. This is your vacation. You're away from your eternal home because once you die, and you go to either heaven or hell, you're there forever. So right now in this life, this is your vacation. So why not get this thing right the first time? Why not get it right? Because once you get there, there's no coming out. There's, there's no repenting when it's too late. There's no God, I'm sorry. We've seen that happen with the rich man. He wanted to come back. He asked for a drop of water on his tongue. He couldn't get it. And then he wanted to come back to the earth to tell his brothers, to tell his family that, man, this thing is real. But he should have found out when he had the chance. But he neglected it. How shall we neglect so great a salvation? So I'm praying tonight that somebody out there would not neglect this salvation because God wants us to be saved that makes me happy I, that might make you upset you might say man here we go again <laughs> oh, golly that makes me happy <laughs> because I love God and I love God's people so I won't stop telling you the truth I will not so we're going to move to the book of Acts 11, the 11th chapter. And we'll start with verse 
I believe it was verse 14. Yep. Who shall tell thee words whereby? Go ahead. Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved? There's certain words we need to know to be saved. Now, there's a lot of them. There's a whole lot of them. This whole Bible is full, filled with words so that we can be saved. Words. There's certain words we need to know so that we must be saved, so that we can be saved. The book of Romans tell us faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. We got to learn the word. Hearing by the word of God, we need to know the words from God so that we can be saved. So we find here in the book of Acts. The angel. Tells the man Cornelius, talk to the preacher, he. Romans 10 told us, he said, how can you hear without a preacher? God sent the preacher and Peter down to Cornelius so he could hear the word of God so that he could be saved. Today, somebody has fooled us and said, I don't even need no preacher. <laughs> somebody said, I don't need no church. Somebody said, I can be saved all by myself. I don't need nobody. <laughs> that's not that's not what God said. God said, how can you hear? He said, it's impossible. Scripture said it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How can you hear without a preacher? So you cannot have faith without having a preacher because he's going to give you the words that you should believe. You make the choice whether you believe him or not. That's up to you. God didn't tell me to make you believe him. He just told me to tell you the words. So. Read verse 14 again for me, Mel. Who shall tell thee words mm -hmm. whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. Now, God. Sent the messenger to Cornelius. He sent the angel and the angel said, look, call for Peter. A man that God chose to carry this word. Told him to carry the gospel throughout the whole world. Call for Peter and he's going to tell you some words. That you need to know to be saved. We got to get over. We got to get over our pride because we feel that nobody else knows anything. <laughs> we feel we know everything. I don't need you to tell me what to do to be saved. I already know what to do. You don't. You don't. That's why God sent some. I thank God he sent somebody to talk to me. Because I was all kind of off track. <laughs> On my way to hell. Thinking I'm good. I thank God he sent a preacher to me. I thank God he sent people to witness to me. No matter who it was. Somebody had to tell me I was wrong. I thank God that he humbled me to listen. Because so often we say we know everything. So I want to look at. The man Cornelius, though, because. I want to show us how we are the same way. So 
let's read verse 13. Let's look at verse 13. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house. Now, Peter is speaking about Cornelius. He said, Cornelius showed us. Now, he's telling them, he's telling Jews, the other Jews, after this situation has happened. We're going to go back to chapter 10 and read the story. But we're looking at the aftermath. Peter's now telling other people. He said, look, this man told us how he spoke to an angel. Uh-huh. Which stood and said unto him, mm -hmm. send men to Joppa mm -hmm. and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He said, look, this angel told me to call for somebody named Simon Peter. And what did the angel tell him in verse 14? Who shall tell thee words? Now, Peter is going to tell you words uh -huh. whereby thou and thy house shall be saved. Now, if God can send an angel. And the angel tells Cornelius to go and get Peter. Why wouldn't God just tell Cornelius what he needs to know in the first place? <laughs> he could have easily said, look, this is what I want you to do to be saved. But that's not how God operates. That's not how he operates. Sure, he could have. God doesn't need me to tell you anything. He doesn't need me to do a single thing. But that's what he chose me to do. So when you get upset because somebody starts to tell you something, just recognize that's God's doing. That was God's decision. He made that decision. Even here. If God chose the angel to talk to Cornelius, he could have told the angel to tell Cornelius, look, don't even worry about Peter. I'll tell you right here, right now. Don't even waste all that time. <laughs> but that's just not how God does things. So I want to go back to chapter 10 and I want to look at what type of man Cornelius was. Because when we think about salvation, we look at what type of person we are. We say, oh, I'm a good person. <laughs> I don't hurt nobody. I haven't killed anybody. Those are the things that we say. Let's pick up uh, chapter 10 and verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. Now that's who we're talking about. Same person. Story hasn't changed. Uh-huh. A centurion of the band called the Italian band. He was a leader in this group, this military group. He was a leader. Uh-huh. A devout man. Now this was a devout man. Devout. He believed in God. Mm -hmm. One that feared God with all his house. Now, he believed in God. That's the same thing we say. We say, I believe in God. We say, I'm a God-fearing person. I respect God. I go to church. Mm -hmm. Which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now, this man prayed. He was devout, the scripture says. He gave to people. He helped poor people. 
He went to church. He did these things. What makes him any different than us? Because you say the same thing. I'm a devout Christian. I give to the poor. I help people out when I can. I'm praying. I'm doing things right. I'm a good person. But it's amazing that God still told him he's not saved. We ought to look at ourselves in this moment to say, well, am I really saved? If God told this person and they do, they were doing the same things that I'm doing. Am I really saved then? You're on the right track if you're doing this, no doubt about it. This man, Cornelius, was on the right track. And if you say, if you can honestly say that you're doing these things, you're on the right track. But there's still more that God is calling us to. This isn't to say you're about to go to hell. No, this is to say God's calling you to a greater purpose, to do some more. See, God noticed the heart of Cornelius. God notices your heart too. He knows you. He knows you're trying to do right. So he wants to give us some extra. Uh, he wants to give us something. And that's the Holy Ghost. To help us. Because this man Cornelius didn't have it. So. The scripture says he was the devout man and one that feared God with all his house. He even had his family fearing God. Even his family feared God. He taught them to honor God. He wasn't just letting his family do anything. So, drop down to verse 22. Because I want to make sure we understand this person, Cornelius. Mm-hmm. And they said Cornelius, the centurion, mm -hmm. a just man. He's a just man. He tries to do right. That's the same situation we say we're in today. We say, I, I'm trying to do right. I'm just. I'm devout. I'm dedicated. I'm dedicated to God. I'm sold out for Jesus. <laughs> I'm a good person. I'm not cursing folks out. I'm not. I'm not stealing from them. Uh huh. And one that feareth God, mm -hmm. and of a good report among all the nation of the Jews. He said, "Look, you can ask anybody about me. I'm doing folks right. I'm doing people right. I'm doing them right. But God still needed him to know more." So that he could be saved. That's what, we, that's what we read in chapter 11. God still sent the angel to him and said, look, you need to talk to Peter so he can tell you some words that you need to hear to be saved. So if Cornelius had have said, who you think you're talking to? I'm already right. <laughs> what you mean? I've been giving money to charities. I've been give, putting money in church. I paid my tithe. I gave an offering last week. I gave, I helped somebody when they were sick. I visited them. 
So who you who you think you talking to to tell me it's some more stuff I need to do? I already did what I need to do. Is that not us? Is that not us? The moment somebody tries to help you and tell you God wants you to do some more, you say, no, that can't be God talking. <laughs> no, that better not be God because God know <laughs> I did enough already. Why do we act this way? Why has the devil filled our hearts with aggression, with rebellion, with rejection? We reject God all the time and don't even know it. God's trying to tell us something and we say, no, sir. <laughs> I just don't see why I got to do that. I just don't believe I have to do it. But these, this was God's word. So we find Cornelius was a just man. One that feared God and he had a good report among all the Jews. Mm -hmm. Was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. God is warning us right now. This is a warning from God. Somebody's not going to receive it though. But this is a warning from God to let us know. God is asking us to do some more things. He said, our righteousness must exceed the Pharisees and the scribes. Our righteousness must exceed them. We can't just be a good person. There's a whole lot of good people out there. According to our standards, but according to our standards, he said, there's none good. No, not one. So just being a good person, it's not going to get us in. Just being a person that goes to the church, it's not going to get us in. Just being a person that pays some tithes, it's not going to get us in. We see that when Jesus seen the rich man and the old lady, the old woman. I believe she was a widow. The old woman, they both cast in money into the treasury. The rich man gave of his excess. But Jesus said that wasn't enough. He said this woman gave way more than him. Because she gave all. But the rich man, he actually gave physically more money than she did. But God, God looked at what she did and said she gave more. Because she gave everything she had for the name of Jesus. We can't hold back. We have to fully commit to him. So. Let's go back to the beginning of this story, because we should see by now that Cornelius was already a good man. He wasn't a man out there beating up people. It said he had a good report. He wouldn't like uh, Saul. We seen Saul. If somebody were to ask about his report, they said, man, that dude, he's, he's scary. He's rough. But, but Cornelius, we don't find. The scripture doesn't tell us that he was out there having people killed. He was a good man, devout, one that feared God. So let's go back to verse one here. 
there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, mm-hmm. a centurion of the band called the Italian band, mm-hmm. a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, mm-hmm. which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Man, he prayed always. Uh-huh. He saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. Mm-hmm. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Now, God says through the angel, look, I, I'm here. I've heard you. I've heard you praying. I see your dedication. I see the zeal that you have, the passion that you have for me. But there's something I want you to do. Why get? Why do we get upset when God tells us there's something he wants us to do? He's trying to help us all the time. He wants to free us. He wants to uh, break the bondage that has been holding us down. I was talking to uh, one of my friends today. And it's it's so sad to me to see how a person wants to break one addiction. They say, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to give up drinking. But in order to give up drinking, we say, well, I'm going to use chewing tobacco i'm going to smoke cigarettes i'm going to smoke e-cigs i'm going to do all these other things just to get over the drinking but it's still bondage it's just a different form now god wants to free you from the bondage period he wants to free us he doesn't want you to pick up another bad habit to replace a bad habit what good is that so if we could only recognize just how much God loves us, because it hurts me to see people do this to themselves. But no matter what you say, no matter what you say, the devil, he's still in their ear. So uh, let's keep reading here. Verse five. And now send men to Joppa. And call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. We got to know who to talk to. The angel told him, said, look, call for Peter. Now, why couldn't God just tell him what he needed to know himself? Because everybody today said, God told me. He already told me what I need to know. (laughs) But that's not what he's doing throughout scripture. Yeah, he'll tell us certain things. No doubt about it. But you'll make it seem as if God told you everything. So he said, fine, send people down to get Peter. God tells him exactly where he is. Uh huh. He lodged with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. Mm-hmm. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. He's going to tell you what you ought to do, not what you might need to do. He's going to tell you what you need to do. You have to make the decision. God's still sending people in our lives today to tell us what we ought to do. To tell us words that we need to hear to be saved. 
you still have to make the decision. It takes some humility to be a follower of God. Because as soon as we hear something, we say, I'm not doing that. <laughs> it takes some humility to be a follower. You know, somebody said one time that sheep have to be the dumbest animals. <laughs> sheep have to be the dumbest animals on the planet. Says sheep just don't have a brain at all. But if you really recognize they have to be one of the smartest animals on the planet because it takes something to be a follower anybody can be contrary anybody can <laughs> anybody can go off at the mouth and say I'm doing my own thing I don't care nothing about what you talking anybody can do that but to follow God wholeheartedly to lay aside your desires for his to deny yourself for the name of Christ. Now that's now that's something. That that takes something. That takes somebody who has a brain and they use their brain and say, I'm gonna turn off my brain. I'm going to allow God to be my brain. Now that's 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 something. That's tough. So the angel tells Cornelius, Peter's going to tell him what he ought to do. All right. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. Mm -hmm. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. Now, Cornelius takes action. We've been talking about this a lot recently in Bible studies. We got to take action when there's things we know we must do. We can't sit around and pray about it. Cordelia didn't say, well, God, let me just go pray some. <laughs> let me go and think about it. <laughs> I might do it next week, God. Just let me pray about it first. No, God already told him what he needed to do. So he took action. He sent his soldiers down. To Joppa for Peter, all right? On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, mm -hmm. Peter went up upon the housetop to pray now, about, mm -hmm. about the sixth hour. Notice, it says, on the morrow, as they went on their journey. Once we start doing what God says, everything else will fall into place. It's amazing. Because if they didn't go on the journey, Peter wouldn't need to go up to pray. It wouldn't matter that Peter was going on the rooftop to pray because Peter needed to be praying in this moment for God to speak to him because this is just how God had it designed. So as they went on their journey, Peter went up to pray. Uh-huh. And he became very hungry mm -hmm. and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. Now, he had a vision. It's amazing how things work when we obey God. That's all we have to do. Once you obey God, everything else will fall into line. You don't even have to worry about it anymore. Just obey him. 
So people were preparing food, but he was still praying. God needed him to be hungry in this instance. <laughs> he was praying and he fell into a vision. So now we see God gave Cornelius a vision and he gave Peter a vision. All right. And saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. Mm -hmm. Wherein were all manner of four footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. Now, all of these animals that the scripture is naming here are animals that Jews were not to eat throughout the Old Testament law. So God shows him these animals intentionally. Mm -hmm. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. That's red letters. We know who that is. Calling down from heaven. The son of man is in heaven. Jesus said in one place. So he says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Because you hungry. Mm -hmm. But Peter said, not so, Lord. For I have never eaten anything that is un that is common or unclean. That's what the Jews call these foods. Common and unclean. Mm -hmm. And the voice spake unto him again the second time. What God hath cleansed, what call that called not thou common. The Lord's telling him, I've cleaned this. I'm giving you the permission to do it. It's, n it's not a sin when God gives you the permission. Mm-hmm. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, he's seen this happen three times. Three times. Uh-huh. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. Mm-hmm. And called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Three men. He's seen this vision happen three times. And out of nowhere, three men appeared at his door. This vision was telling Peter, Look. God is cleaning these people up. These were non-Jewish people sent from Cornelius. So it was their custom. It was their practice to not associate with non-Jewish people. But now God is saying, look, I'm accepting them. I'm going to save them. I'm going to clean them, fill them with the Holy Ghost, put them on the right track. That's what God is telling him. He didn't recognize at that moment. But God was still dealing with him. All right. So the spirit told him to go with them and don't doubt anything. Mm -hmm. Arise, therefore, and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. God doesn't want us to doubt. He doesn't want to. He put us in so many situations. And asked us not to doubt so he says go with them i sent them mm -hmm. then peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from cornelius and said behold i am he whom ye seek 
what is the cause wherefore ye are come? Mm -hmm. And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, and one that feareth God, and of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. So they tell Peter why they came down to get him. And Peter has to go because God told him. Even though he didn't agree with it, even though he didn't understand why, he had to go. We find ourselves in so many situations like this today. We may not understand why, we just have to do it. But it'll make sense afterwards. Alright, uh, let's drop down uh, to verse 24. And the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea... And Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. Now, he has a house full of people. He already had the three men that he sent down to Peter. He has Peter, and I believe it was seven, seven total with Peter. And then he has Cornelius with his friends and his family. There's a lot of people in this house. <laughs> There's a lot of people there. All right. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Now he bowed down to him, worshipped him. It's not talking about the worship like we do, where we just give a hand clap for somebody. No, he fell down to his knees. That's taking it too far. Mm-hmm. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up. I myself also am a man. Mm-hmm. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. He was surprised to see all these people in there. I know he was. <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't expecting to see this many folks in there. But God made it so, so that he can preach to them all and let them hear some words of salvation. I want to hear the words of salvation. I want to find out what I need to do to be saved. I want to find out what it takes to be delivered. To be strengthened. I want to know. Mm -hmm. And he said unto them. You know how that it is an unlawful thing. For a man that is a Jew. To keep company. Or come unto one of another nation. Mm -hmm. But God hath showed me. That I should not call any man common. Or unclean. He recognized it now. The spirit had to tell him not to doubt at first. But now. After he's followed through. With the will of God. Now God made it plain to him. Now he understands. He said, I know why God told me to do this now. God's about to save you people. <laughs> There's some words that they need to know. There's some things that they needed to do. They were some good people. We, w There's a lot of good people in the world today. There's still some words that God needs us to hear. A lot of good people. I see them and meet them all the time. Lots of good people. But there's still something else. So. Uh, let's drop down. Let's drop down to verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth. I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Peter's about to start preaching. He opened his mouth. Words came out. He told us, uh, the angel told us, 
in chapter 11, verse 14, told Cornelius to send out for Peter, who would tell him words that he needed to hear to be saved. Peter opened his mouth, words came out. He's going, we're about to find out the words that we all need to be saved. Uh-huh. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Mm-hmm. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Mm-hmm. That word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Now, he's just telling them about Jesus. We know about this. We've heard John the Baptist baptize Jesus. We know about that. Let's keep going. Uh, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. God did that. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Mm-hmm. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, mm -hmm. whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Crucified him. Hung him on a tree. They killed the innocent man. Uh-huh. Him, God raised up the third day. But they couldn't hold him down. Mm-hmm. And showed him openly. God raised him up. You can't hold... If someone has the seal of God on their life, no one can hold them down. Even death can't hold them down. No thing in this world can hold you down when God has your back. If God be for you, who can be against you? It doesn't matter if your friends against you, your family, your enemy. It doesn't matter if sickness is against you. It doesn't matter if a disease is against you, addiction is against you. None of that matters. Nothing can hold you down when God be for you. Mm -hmm. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, mm -hmm. even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it, is, that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. Peter said he commanded us to teach people this gospel. So Peter is doing his job. He's telling them the words that they need to hear. They need to hear all this. But there's some more. Mm -hmm. To give him, to him, give all the prophets witness that, that, that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. If we believe in what Jesus said, we'll receive the forgiveness of our sins. We got to believe in him, though. Peter's going to teach the things we needed to believe in. Peter started preaching now. And the words that he speaks, they are spirit. So when the word is around, the spirit will fall. Go ahead, Mel. While Peter yet spake these words. He's, he's speaking the words. This is what he came for. The words. That's what the angel told Cornelius. He said, you need to hear these words because the words, hearing the word was going to bring you the spirit. You need to hear these words. So while Peter yet spake these words, the words that God was looking for him to speak, he started doing what God told him. Peter was being very obedient. From the moment he seen that vision, 
So we love to go and talk about, oh, Peter, yeah. Yeah, Peter denied him three times. Yeah, but what about Peter now? I hear people talk about it all the time. What about him now, though? I know people bring up your past, but what about you now? What about how you're going to be tomorrow? What about how you're going to be six months from now? You won't be the same person. Praise God. I feel good. What about the person God is transforming you into? It doesn't matter about a person's past. People love to bring up, oh, well, I remember they used to do. <laughs> God said he'll remember those sins no more. The devil cannot hold you down. So why would we give people the power over us? Why would we sit here and listen to all the junk that people keep up? The poison that's in their tongue, still holding on to what I did 10 years ago. And sure, they may say, well, I seen them do wrong yesterday. Yeah, but is this person trying? Aren't they trying to overcome? Talk to them again in a year, two years. They, they will overcome by the grace of God. Because God is not going to leave them. He's not. He said he, he will not forsake us. That was his promise. Somebody ought to be happy about this. Let's keep going, man. So while Peter yet spake these words, the word is important. This man got the preaching down there. <laughs> the word is important. We don't want to hear the word today. We want to go to church only for the worship. We got the wrong W word. We only want to go to church for the worship. That's good. But the true worshipers want to hear the word. The true worshipers want to hear the word. I've seen it happen so many times. We go to church, the music good. <laughs> we singing, shouting, crying, snotting out the nose. But as soon as the word comes, boy, it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> we falling asleep. <laughs> we fell over on the floor. <laughs> but these people were still awake for the word. So while Peter yet spake these words, uh-huh. The Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. Somebody received the Holy Ghost. That's what we need today. The Holy Ghost. We're not, we cannot be saved without receiving the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. We can't be saved without it. We cannot be saved without the Holy Ghost. So we got to make sure we receive it. God sent Peter down there so that these people could receive the Holy Ghost. It's important. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Because even if I do wrong, the Holy Ghost is going to convict me. He's going to let you. He's going to let me know. Now, you know you wrong for this. <laughs> now, you know it. And it's going to break my heart. It's going to bring tears to my eyes. It's going to. That's what the Holy Ghost is for, to keep us in line. See, I don't have the law don't have to stop me from stealing. The law doesn't have to stop me from killing my friend, killing my neighbor, killing my enemy. The law don't have to stop me from doing that. The Holy Ghost stops me. So if we all were to get the Holy Ghost, we wouldn't even need the law. 
because the law would be in our hearts. We wouldn't want to do wrong. We would have a desire to do what's right. But that's the reason we can still run around, curse folks out, lie to them, talk about them, and we don't even feel bad about it. The Holy Ghost does not reside in us. And if you have it, <laughs> you shut them off. So the Holy Ghost fell on them. All the scripture said the Holy Ghost fell on all. Now, we know it was a lot of people in that house. Every single one of them got the Holy Ghost. Every single one. We covered that already. It was a lot of them. Cornelius' friends, his family, Peter and the people that came with Peter, the other three soldiers. It was a lot of people in this house. We know a lot of folks have big families. He had, I'm sure he had a lot of people in there. So all of them received the Holy Ghost. Drop down to verse 46, Melvin. For they heard them speak with tongues. These folks spoke in tongues. All of them. Tongues got loose. <laughs> they all speaking in tongues in this house. Now somebody out there says speaking in tongues is crazy. How long will you go against God? How long will you fight the word of God? How long will you be caught between two opinions? How long? How long will you reject the word of God? This is God's doing. God, God caused them to speak in tongues. So they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they all spoke in tongues. And magnified God. They began to magnify God. Uh huh. Then answered Peter. Peter said some more words, though. That wasn't it. It was not enough to get the Holy Ghost. Only there were some more words they needed to hear. We got to make sure we hear the words because we should desire to be saved. I want you to be saved. I really do. So. Peter was speaking words and the Holy Ghost fell. God responded. Only God can give the Holy Ghost. I can pray for you, but God has to do it. I can pray with you. God has to do it. So now it says, and Peter answered, he said some more words. He wasn't done talking yet. There's one more thing he needs to let them know right now. Mm -hmm. can any man forbid water they said look <laughs> this is the thing we say ain't important at all he said the water can any man reject water baptism it's the water the water he said can anybody forbid water uh huh that these should not be baptized? He said, this, this is important for these people's salvation. It's important today for your salvation. The water. You need the water. You cooking it in your, you using it to cook your foods. You drinking it in some form. You taking a bath with it. I mean, it's used to run your home. You need it to grow your grass grow your tree grow your plants the water you need it 
So how is it that the devil has deceived you into thinking the water has no purpose in your salvation? How did he do that? You can't tell me the devil ain't. He's smart. He's, he, he knows how to do his job. Peter said, can any, anybody, can anybody forbid the water that these should not be baptized? Uh-huh. Which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. He said, look, they got the Holy Ghost like us. We can't stop them from getting baptized. Don't let anybody stop you from getting baptized in the name of Jesus. Because that's what you need to do. These are the words that Peter came down here for. That's what God told him to go down there for. To tell somebody about the name of Jesus. To tell somebody about the water. You can't preach the name of Jesus without the water. You can't be saved without the water. It's the water. And you need the Holy Ghost. Uh-huh. And he commanded them to be baptized. Commanded them. He didn't say, y'all should get baptized if you want. <laughs> he didn't say that. He commanded them to be baptized. That's strong. That's strong. He didn't give an option. He said, you need to do this. This is what this is God's will for your life. I'm praying right now. Somebody out there would hear these words and recognize I need to go down in the name of Jesus. I need to wash away my sins. I've done wrong. We all have. This isn't a uh, shamming. This isn't a shamming hour. We've all done wrong. God wants to heal you of this wrong. He wants to free you from it. He wants to give you the Holy Ghost and wash you in the blood. The blood that washes white as snow, the scripture said. So he commanded that they should be baptized. Uh-huh. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. We know who the Lord is. It was written in red letters. It was Jesus. That's the name above all names. The name of Jesus. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Why would somebody command me not to be baptized in the name of Jesus today? So these are the words that Peter went down to tell them. To tell them about Jesus Christ. How he was hung on the tree. They crucified him. He told them how they nailed the nails in his hands and his feet. He told them how he rose again the third day. He told them how he seen them. Spent 40 days with them. He told them how he commanded them. To carry this gospel throughout the whole world. And then he brought it home. He said, and now you need to receive the Holy Ghost. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. This is all a part of our salvation. Don't let nobody fool you. This is what 
the people who were taught by Jesus. This is what they taught. Peter went down there alone. He had some other saints backing him up. He didn't go down there and make up a whole new gospel. <laughs> so people say, I'd rather, I'd rather listen to what Jesus said than what Peter said. You're going against a whole lot of more people than just Peter. He had some people backing him. We found that in Acts chapter 2. Said They asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? He said, get baptized in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost. The gospel hadn't changed. I'm praying somebody out there wants to really be saved. This is a part of it. This ain't the end. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. So I thank God for you guys tonight. I thank God for uh, you guys just spending time with us um, as we try to, as we endeavor to bring the words, the words that we need to be saved. The word is not going to change. It's going to be the same way to the end of time. So I'm praying somebody would humble themselves and adhere to it. So at this time, I'm going to turn it back over to Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a comment from our um, brother, uh, Roderick. I um, appreciate it. Um, it's like he's excited to hear the word of God. <laughs> and I'm excited that he's tuned in and listening to what thus says the Lord. So um, we thank you for tuning in. And if anybody else has any comments, questions, or concerns, or they don't agree with anything that we've said tonight, feel free to leave it in the comments and we can address it by either looking in the, the Bible. That's what we need to do. Look in the Bible and see what the truth of it is, because there is a lot of misconception out there today. And I just want to take the time out to thank the Lord for this man right here. My brother, my roommate, minister Tony Banks and for all of the true God sent preachers that are lay truly laying down their lives for the brothers because there is no greater sacrifice. Well, we talked about this a long time ago. It's over a year ago, I believe. Uh, we talked about the preacher's job. A great preacher said that the preacher has the hardest job on the face of this earth. And I thought about it. That's, that, that's so true. Because you have to love on these people. You have to go out and tell them what God said, and they're not doing anything but fighting against you, trying to take your name, drag your name through the mud. You can't fight back. The scripture says, behold, I send you as a sheep among wolves. That's what God is doing. And somebody may look at that and say, that's unfair. But that's just how God operates. He gives the word to the true God-ordained preacher. And it's up for us to seek him, the preacher, to hear what thus says the Lord. Tony mentioned it earlier. How can we hear without a preacher? And, he, and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How can we hear without a preacher? How can he preach except he be sent? Uh, there are a lot of false prophets out here. It's definitely who you listen to. You listen to the devil. <laughs> Adam was not deceived, but since he loved his wife so much, he didn't want to fight. He didn't want to sleep on the couch. He did what she said. 
So it's definitely who we listen to. Uh, we were visiting this church in Alabama a couple of weekends ago. And there's this lady there that takes care. I don't know if I've told this story before, but if I have, I hope you're ready to hear it again. <laughs> but there's this lady there that cares for the animals. Um, a while ago, I think it was a sheep or a lamb um, fell ill. And they took it to the, or they got a, a, like a professional opinion from the vet or something like that. And they said, let's just, you know, put it down. Let's just put it down because there's nothing that can be done. And this lady said, oh, no, we don't do that around here. Give me that. Give me that lamb. And I believe within three days, that lamb was back up walking just as healthy and just as happy. So she definitely has a gift for these things. So um, I was down there with my cousin and his wife. We were down there visiting um, a couple of weekends ago. And one of the lambs fell ill. We believe that it was dehydrated. It was under a shed, just balled up on the ground, laying down. And so the lady came over there and said that we need to get a swimming pool. You know, one of the small kids swimming pool, really not that big to us. But um, we we had to pick up the lamb and sit it in the swimming pool so that we could drag it to the barn so that the lady could take care of the lamb. And it was a battle. It was a real struggle because the lamb, not knowing what was going on, kept fighting, kept fighting against us, trying to get away. Just trying to jump all around, even though it didn't have the energy to it was dehydrated. It kept trying to get away. It kept looking at us like we're the enemy. And see, that's how we are as people. God sends the preacher to talk and to tell the, the people what they must know to be saved. And so that's what the lady was doing. The lady had exactly what the lamb needed. But the lamb kept trying to scurry and get away. And it was only hurting itself. And that's what we do. We're only hurting ourselves. Sure, we're always going to hear things that we don't want to hear. But if we humble ourselves and take heed to it, we're, we're going to be glad that we listened to him because that was me. There was a lot of things that I didn't want to hear. And there are things that I don't want to hear now, but I thank God that I do hear them. And I thank God that he's humbled me so that I can take heed to them because I know that I need to do these things in order to one day hear well done my good and faithful servant because I don't want to be among the people that hear depart from me you workers of iniquity for I know you not because we all know that there that the majority of people are going to say that Lord I did this in your name I did that I built this multi-million dollar church in your name even though my members were in poverty it still is a nice building. So you, you got to show some respect for that. Now, let me in, God. And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I know you're not. They tried to sow Jesus in the big and nice buildings in the temple. And he said, not one stone shall be left upon another. I'm tearing it all down. We need to understand that the church is the people, not the building. It's not brick and it's not more than that. There's nothing wrong with having a nice place to worship, but that building is not the church. It's the people. The real church is a body of baptized believers over in Christ Jesus. 
So the the invitation is extended to you, to everyone, to join the church. Like Noah preached for over a hundred years. God told him to build the ark. That that doesn't do anything but portray the church. Because people haven't heard of rain. We talked about it a few weeks ago. And we're preaching a foolish message. That's what Noah was doing. Preaching a foolish message. To the people that's looking at it with the carnal mind is foolish. Because the scripture says God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. We're getting so smart. We're going to outsmart only ourselves. And we'll become fools because God says... The fool says that there is no God. Mm-hmm. And when we look in today, look at the world today, we have all these super smart scientists. They're the main ones saying there is no God. I don't see any evidence of it. And that's our main problem. We want to see before we believe, but we need to believe it before we see it. We got it backwards. Just like everything, we got it backwards. God says, I, man, I made the man upright. And he saw many inventions, many new things that we're seeking. And we're not seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So again, are you really saved? Do you really know how, how do you know? How does one know? That, that is a great question. See, I see it, or I used to see it all the time on Facebook. People say how, how they would ask their friends a question on Facebook. How do you know that you're saved? And, you know, they quote the, the main scriptures uh, in the Romans 10. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it makes it seem like all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. But we have to take that into context. Who is that talking to? And we'll see who the book of Romans is addressed to in the very first chapter. I saw somebody else say John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, okay, so all I have to do is believe. Well, believe what? And if you believe him, you're going to do what he says. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and do what I say do. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things in which I say? So people will say John 3.16, but let's take it back up to the beginning of that chapter. In John 3.1-5, through 5, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He was a great man. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou be a teacher come from God, because no man can do the miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And another, one preacher said he was, he was being flattery. So if anything would have got him into heaven, it definitely would have been that. <laughs> Jesus cut straight to the chase, straight to the point. He said, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And I thank God for Nicodemus. I thank God for the question because we have that question as well. What does it mean to be born again? So Nicodemus asked Jesus, Basically that, what do you mean? How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? <laughs> and Jesus had to break it down even more. He said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, which means truly, truly, except, unless, except, unless, except a man 
be born again of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And that's what we just saw in this um, 10th chapter of the book of Acts. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them. And then he, he spoke some more words and say, can any man forbid water? You, you, you can't get one without the other. Church of God, Church of Christ, Church of God and Christ, you need both of them. You can't just get either the Holy Ghost without baptism and you can't get the baptism without um, getting the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. You can get only one of them, but you need both of them for salvation. It's the same two things, just like in Acts chapter 2, when they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, get the water, get the spirit, be born again of the water, born again of the spirit, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus. For the remission of sins, people say baptism doesn't mean anything. Acts 2.38 needs absolutely no interpretation. He tells us exactly what baptism in Jesus' name is for. It's for the remission, the removal, the forgiveness of sins. Because we know we can't make it to heaven with sins in our lives. Peter had to tell him again. He said, it's not putting away of the filth of the flesh, but of a good conscience towards God. And we all know what God told Jesus when he got baptized. This is my beloved son, and thee I am well pleased. And there is no other record where God was talking to Jesus like that until he got baptized, getting a good conscience towards God. So for all these people, that's saying baptism is just an outward show of your newfound life in Christ. They're lying to you, and I'm happy to tell you that. And some of them, you know, they have good intentions. They really care about you, but they need to go back. We see Paul finding certain disciples and asked them that they have the Holy Ghost. And they said, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. See, that's how you know you're dealing with a God sent preacher. He's going to ask, do you have the Holy Ghost? He's going to ask, have you been baptized? And we see Paul do that. Have you, do you have the Holy Ghost? <laughs> we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And then... He asked, he checked their baptism. He said, how then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. And Paul said, you got to go back. Because there's only one way to get baptized. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. So I pray that we all go back, go back to the book and get the foundation right. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Foundation is the most important part of the house. If the foundation isn't solid, the whole house will come tumbling down. There were two houses. One was built upon a rock and one was built upon the sand. The one that was built upon the sand fell in a storm and great was the fall. But the one that's built upon the rock, though, storm came, the winds beat on it, but it stood because it had its foundation right. And that's what we have to do. We're all going to go through storms. Rain is going to beat up against us. The wind is going to blow. But if we have our foundation right, we won't fall. Because God said he's not going to put anything on you that you can't endure. So we have to go back. We have to go back. And so I just want to say I love each and every one of you guys. And somebody may look at me crazy and say, man, this man doesn't even know me. How does he love me? I do. 
Yep, you. I, I do. You eating a sandwich. I do. <laughs> I do. And I just want to say that no matter what may be going on in your life, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Those who endure to the end shall be saved. So you may not understand what's going on right now, but that's what hope is. That's what faith is. Like Tony, I use his example. He said, if I have a car outside, why am I going to hope that I have a car outside? Doesn't make sense because I already know a car is outside. God will put us in certain situations where our only choice is to trust in him, where our only choice is to love him through it all, because he is the only one that can actually save us in any kind of situation. A gun can't do that. A baseball bat, a knife, a sword. Man, we saw that. Um, Peter had a sword and cut off somebody's ear. Jesus put his ear back on him and told Peter, you can't use that. He has to disarm all of us. Humble ourselves and come as a little child. So, thank you, Roderick, for the um, comment. I see we don't have any other comments, and I'll leave it there. I just want to thank you guys again for tuning in to listen to another, another great message, another great topic coming from the Word of God. And we talk about this a lot because it's needed. So many churches out here teaching the wrong thing. Some of them know it and some of them don't. Because they know when when um when they preach that oh you're gonna get this house in 30 days, you you gonna you gonna you gonna get this car, you're gonna get this Ferrari. I know you want that Tesla, that Lamborghini. All you gotta do is give me fifteen dollars a month. Sow this seed, God's gonna bless you. Now, how what kind of relationship does he have with God to tell him when to bless you? And if he does have that type of relationship, why is he relying on your money when he should just tell God to bless him? We got to go back. We got to go back to the book. Got to go back to Jerusalem and see what started there. So I'm going to end it there. See our brother Israel. He says, great Bible study. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you um, so much. We appreciate it. We, preach, we appreciate each and every one of you, whether you watch it live or watch it later or even go back and listen to it on on any podcast platform. We just about on all of them. We want to get on more because we want to spread the word of God because it is not being spread enough. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for being interested in what thus says the Lord. And I'm going to leave it there before I start on a whole other tangent, because there's definitely so much that can be said, but we've been over here for well over an hour and we try to keep the times down. So We'll see you guys next Thursday evening, and I almost forgot. Rejoice in the Lord always, because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Counted all joy. The apostles at the end of the fifth chapter of the book of Acts said they counted it joy that they were worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. But that's what we don't want to do. So I'm glad that I'm worthy, no matter what that I'm what I'm going to. No matter how many tears roll from my eyes, no matter how many prayers that I pray, I'm glad that I'm counted worthy to suffer for his name because I know that the struggles of this time, it won't be worthy of the things to come. 
Amen. Glory to God. So again, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. There is joy to be there is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm, no matter how or what the current situation looks like. Just endure. Endure to the end. So we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic, another great topic coming straight from the Word of God. We hope to see each and every one of you guys and even more guys tuned in, ready to take notes and listen to what thus says the Lord. So thank you guys again for tuning in. You have a blessed week. I love each and every one of you and we'll see you next Thursday evening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always.